You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Welcome to another episode of Marketing News Canada. My name is Annabelle, and I'm very excited to be your host today and welcome our incredible guest, Justine Melman. She is the head of marketing at Clear Angel and has over two decades of experience in B2B and B2C marketing, digital strategy, and customer experience. She's worked for global and Canadian brands, including Holt Renfrew, The Global Mail, eBay Canada, Post Media, Yahoo Canada, and Cineplex. What a wildly impressive resume. Let's not wait any longer. Welcome, Justine. Thank you so much, Annabelle. It's great to be here with you. I'm really happy you could join us today and we get to learn from you and all your expertise. (laughs) My pleasure. Happy to impart whatever wisdom I can. (laughs) (laughs) We're very grateful. I'd love to just know a little bit about your overall journey in marketing and what led you to your current role right now at Claire Angel. Sure. Yeah. So my background, I actually was a psychology major and I was planning on being a child psychologist when a passion for acting took me down to LA for a couple of years to try my hand at that. And when I knew that wasn't going to work out, what I wanted to do was find something that I was passionate about. That's obviously a big thing for me. And I love the internet. I was always a very early user of it compared to my friends. And I was starting to see this bubble that was being created around it. And I wanted to be a part of it. And I came up with the idea for a company called My Virtual Life. And so I was a founder with my first company. And it sort of led me into this career where I, you know, in my first role, I got to really do a lot of different things. And marketing was a thing that I really enjoyed. I loved the creativity of it. I loved the psychology aspect that you really had to understand people. And so when my company, when we shut down, I sort of followed the bouncing ball and decided to stay in the world of digital marketing. And Holt Renfrew was my next role after that. And my career was all on-the-job learning. I sort of joke that I've never taken a marketing course in my life. But I've certainly learned every single channel that we pretty much have at our disposal now was in the process of being created or became created during the course of my career. And so I've just tried to be as well-rounded of a marketer as I can be. So I spent the first 15 years of my career doing consumer marketing and then got more into digital strategy and B2B and really just try and find brands that I'm passionate about and consumers that I believe I can understand and connect with so I can be sort of as successful in in my role. That's awesome. I love hearing that it took like a lot of detours, but everything ultimately helped you in marketing. Like acting even is a super big piece of, you know, storytelling. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Storytelling, presentations, and really just understanding how to you know, how to get your point across effectively and to listen as much, if not more than you speak. Totally. Yeah. Definitely some parallels in my own career. (laughs) Just not as far (laughs) along as you are. (laughs) Awesome. So Clear Angel, like we mentioned where you are working now, I would love to know a little bit more about the company and like give us a rundown about what you do and your goals there. Great. Yeah. So Clear Angel is almost like a startup within a company called ClearCo. And ClearCo is an amazing Canadian success story. They've been around for about six, seven years. Also took a few different paths to get to where they are now, which is about funding founders. So founders of e-commerce businesses who you know want to grow their businesses. Maybe they've got some sales, but they really need some 
capital infusion to expand through things like marketing or inventory. And they haven't been able to acquire that outside of, you know, bootstrapping or, you know, raising from friends and family. And so when they started ClearCoat, it was really the idea that they got to was about democratizing this idea of funding for e-commerce founders. ClearAngel, which is like a startup within ClearCo, as I mentioned, sort of took it to another level to say that early stage founders actually have even less access to getting this type of capital because maybe they're only selling a couple thousand dollars a month in revenue. But what they almost need more than capital is coaching and advice and insights and resources so that they maybe can get this capital, but then they learn and know how to use it effectively and with confidence. So the ClearAngel model blends funding with coaching and resources, and it allows our founders to really sort of become the experts that their businesses need to succeed. Wow. That's really awesome because you're not just, you know, handing over the money per se, but you're actually giving them tools because it can be really hard to figure out e-commerce and there's so much competition as well. Does ClearAngel, is it all e-commerce businesses? Is there anything you don't cover or? ClearAngel works mainly with e-commerce businesses, but in the ClearCo portfolio, there are some SaaS-based companies, wholesale companies, as well as we'll work with app and gaming companies as well. Okay. And how does this compare to traditional angel investing besides like obviously giving advice and consulting? But I know typically angel investors don't really have any say in the company. Is it similar? So the best part I think about ClearCo is that the funding and the advice and everything that you get is actually, it's all equity free. A founder who comes to us never has to give up a single percentage of equity in order to be able to access either our funding or our, our clearing model, which includes the coaching. The capital that they take, they'll pay back it with either a fee. Clear Angel, we're actually a subscription model. So it's a monthly subscription fee that gives you access to our different products. And founders get to retain 100% ownership through working with us. So we watch them grow. We support them. We help them grow. They can come back once they've used a, a pool of funding and top it up to get more and continue to scale and scale. And at the end of the day, they go to sleep knowing that their whole company is theirs. So it's kind of perfect for smaller businesses, would you say? Because they get to keep it all. Yeah, absolutely. It's perfect because they get to keep it all and they can really access these pools of money and resources that they would not necessarily have had the chance to because they don't live in the valley or they're not, you know, big, huge companies that that know the right VC contacts. And so we end up really funding a lot more female-led businesses, BIPOC-led businesses and, and things like that, which is really part of what at ClearCo are really passionate about is making sure that we are reaching those who deserve to be served and might not have that access that everybody would hope they would. Yeah, that's wonderful. Is that part of what drew you to the company, like their overall mission in that sense? Absolutely. I'm at a point in my life, as I think a lot of people are, where you, you want to do something that's actually meaningful. And this really felt very meaningful to me. And, you know, you can feel that like run through everybody's veins in this organization. We are here to support founders and help founders win. And it it's not lip service. We talk about it every day. We evaluate our, our projects and our resources against making sure that we are doing the right thing for founders. Wow. I love that. That's such a, it's even better than I would have ever imagined. Like that's truly the best. It's inspirational. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Do you think the pandemic in any way has supported 
Clear Angel just because more businesses are moving to e-commerce? Absolutely. You know, not just moving to e-commerce, but people who maybe lost their jobs or pivoted from their jobs into something else and, and decided this was the right time to start their own thing. So whether by necessity or by choice, you had a lot more of that. And you can look at, I mean, growth in, in Shopify alone to really see how the boom of e-commerce really took off during the pandemic. And so companies like Clear Angel that support these type of founders absolutely can owe a good deal of success to how things have changed as a result. Yeah, that makes sense. And do you have predictions in that sense? Because we're moving a lot away from like brick and mortar and more traditional in-person style of commerce, I guess. So do you have any predictions in e-commerce? Do you think it's going to just continue to grow? Yeah, you know, I think that um, it will definitely continue to grow. I think the behavior of online shopping has become much more pervasive than it was before. And so it's really when you're locked in your house and you need to get everything from toilet paper to socks to a new coat, it's the way to get it. But I think, you know, even more than that, it's the access to different products, to new types of products or manufacturers of products that you might not have had exposure to before. It's really sort of opened up that world and, and made it a lot more flat. So I think that it will continue to grow. I think the supply chain issues that a lot of our founders and, and e-commerce companies are facing, as well as bricks and mortar companies are facing, is going to take a while to sort out. I was actually reading an article about you're going to get more people that might need to actually go into brick and mortar stores to get the product they need because those items might not be available online, but they'll have an easier time getting them in store. So, you know, we're, we're going to be on a bumpy road for, for a little bit longer until this gets sorted out. But I definitely think that e-commerce will just continue to evolve. Yeah. Do you have any plans or do you see Clear Angel? What are the goals kind of coming in the next few years for them? Yeah, I mean, for us, it's really just to be able to offer more relevant and sophisticated products for our founders to get what they need to grow their business. So whether it's new funding products that we can offer so that they can get the right type of funding they need to grow certain areas of their business or access to new resources that they are going to need, whether they're supply chain or marketing agencies or lawyers, you know, making sure that we have the most robust offering for the different really specific needs of our founders. And then on the Clear Angel side, really making sure that the platform that we're building is going to give a founder everything that they need in their hands to understand their sales, understand what drives incremental and larger changes to their growth, whether it's the types of consumers that they are able to reach or the product lines that they are able to acquire. We really just want to make sure that we are continuing to advance the sophistication of our platform so that our, every single type of founder that we work with can get the most use out of it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And Again, I love hearing about this story. It's even more incredible and more exciting for businesses. I just want more e-commerce businesses to know about it. Yes, totally. <laughs> so they can take advantage. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hopefully this helps. Yeah. <laughs> to circle back a little bit and talk about you more, you said you want to do something meaningful, you said at your age, but throughout all your jobs in marketing, was it ever a challenge to kind of advocate for more meaning or fighting for your morals through your work? Yeah, absolutely. It certainly has been. Clear Angel for me has sort of been the the perfect scenario where I can bring forward something that I'm really passionate about, which I've tried to sort of pitch in other jobs, but hasn't always been received in the way that I think makes sense. And that's the customer experience. 
and the actual methodology around customer experience. I mean, we, you know, people throw around the term customer experience a lot, but there's actually a whole methodology to it that, you know, starts with personas and customer journey mapping and, and, and really making sure that you're understanding the deep insights and empathy mapping of the experience that your customers go through and your decision-making, the projects you work on, the data that you generate, it all has to be tied to that journey and to propelling consumers across the journey in the way that's actually relevant for them, but of course will get you the business results that you need. And so that whole process and the governance around customer experience is something that I've been really passionate about. I actually became a certified customer experience professional. And, and it's something that I think is really important for companies to really internalize. It's not just for marketing. It's for product. It's for customer service. It's for really, you know, content and anything that you can think of that will touch and, and even not necessarily touch the end consumer really needs to be thought of across this journey. And, and so I think that there are certain industries and probably certain regions or areas of business where it's more recognized and the value of it is more is more accepted. I've had a little bit of a harder time in the companies that I've had trying to sort of advocate for it, which is part of what I'm really loving about my my role right now at Clear Angel. We just we're in the middle of going through a whole customer journey mapping exercise and a lot of great work and everybody just completely has drank the Kool-Aid on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, as a younger marketer myself, it's something I'm very curious because I have lots of passions as well and like want to make sure we're thinking of people opposed to just, you know, pushing something. So that's really interesting. You said empathy mapping. Is that kind of in line with checking in who your actual customers are? Do you want to explain it for some sure, of us? Yeah. I mean, empathy, <laughs> yeah. empathy mapping is, is when you're putting together a customer journey map, sort of the, the first thing you're supposed to do is, is the empathy mapping, which is the, the, what are your customers thinking? What are they feeling and what are they doing? And this is this is the the psychology part of it, where you really have to get in their heads and go through, you know, think about every single minute stage of your experience and what they might be thinking, feeling, doing in each of those moments. When I was at Cineplex, we did a customer journey mapping exercise. It was myself and somebody on our operations team. So I was on the digital side of the. For those who don't know Cineplex, it's the largest Canadian movie exhibitor. So I had somebody who ran operations in the theater and I was more on the digital side. And so we were able to look at that whole experience for people from, you know, looking at movies, buying tickets, then they get into the theater, they get their popcorn, go to their seats, like that whole experience. And with every single little touch point, you've got to think about, you know, what are all those little things that somebody's thinking, feeling and doing? And then once you start to build that out, you're, you're, you've really been able to put yourself in their shoes. So when you think about, okay, well, what can I do to improve this experience for them? You know, are they frustrated because they have to wait in the line to get into the theater because it's not clean in time? Or, you know, they've got tried to purchase a ticket with friends and, and that functionality hasn't been as robust as possible. All of those little things, when you can really put yourself in their shoes, you're able to make sort of more effective decisions on how to improve that experience for them. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Perfect. That's a great explanation. <laughs> and you, because you've done psychology, do you find like you kind of get a thrill out of doing that process? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I love to imagine what motivates behavior, you know, what people really care about. I think that to me is the core of what successful marketing needs to be these days, mm -hmm. right? To, to break through noise, but to make sure that that you're building meaningful connections with your with your consumers so that they'll keep coming back to you so that you can keep coming back to them, you know, and, and really building and deepening those relationships. I love that. You've covered a lot of industries throughout your career and you've had a lot of success in strategy and growth marketing, but also I noticed that you've led quite a few teams now. Have you always wanted to be in a leadership role or did you kind of notice over time that you were quite good at it? <laughs> you know, I don't think I really thought about it too much. I mean, I think I've, I've, my whole life, I've probably naturally been a leader. And that's probably why I didn't really think about it. It's just been that natural progression in my career. What I've really loved, though, is, you know, building out teams to satisfy the needs within the organization. So, you know, whether it's adding in sort of new functions around content marketing or product marketing, or brand, you know, that, that didn't necessarily exist before. And, and it's really being able to take that step back, Look at what the organization and what our consumers need and then creating a team that will allow us to get there. But I would say that my favorite part about my job, about any job I've had, is people management. I love guiding people. I love being an advocate for people. I really love, I'm a mom and I, and I say that a lot of, of how I manage people is how I also mother my children, which is to say like, you're going to get some tough love, but my goal is to bring out the best in you. And I'm like, I'm a mama bear. I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to make sure that you've got the opportunities and that, you know, you're feeling safe and protected in your role and are able to realize the most growth potential. And, and I really, really love that part of my career. That's great to hear. And it's good to hear that someone in a position of leadership is approaching it that way and really, really caring about people's growth and where they are moving. Because it's not always like that, right? So I appreciate that this is how you approach your roles. What do you think, after so much time being in leadership, what makes a successful team? Is it unique voices amongst each other? Is it how everyone works together? I'd love to hear your yeah, thoughts. Yeah, you know, I think probably a number of different things. It's people feeling like somebody's got their back and not just their leader, but everybody, you know, on the team that we rise together and we fall together. And, you know, we don't use the word I very much at all. It's all we, whether somebody was a part of it or not, it, we are a team. And, and so feeling that part of a team, I think is really important. I really try to make sure that no matter what 
level you might be in your career that you recognize that your voice is as equally strong as anybody else's. You bring insights, you bring thinking, you bring a unique perspective and and everybody's is equally valuable. So that's really important to me. You know, making sure people feel like understand the value of what they're doing, why they're doing it, what their end goal is, how it ties back to making the customer's life better. If, you know, that ultimately is a goal, which is what it should be you know, what it is that they're doing, maybe not every single minute of every day, but, you know, just the the bigger picture of of why they matter on this team, in this company, for this consumer, I think is also really important. And then, you know, something that I love at ClearCo, I mean, the culture is so strong here. And, you know, even though we're all over the world and, you know, most of our meetings are on Zoom or Google, there's a constant stream in the chat of people giving each other props, saying funny things, you know, like just being human and being fun and friendly and open and warm and supportive every single day, which in this world of being in a pandemic and working from home, it it can be hard to feel connected. But I think it makes everybody feel so much more connected to everybody else. Yeah, I can say from my own experience at at our company here, that's definitely our approach as well. And it just seems to work so much better when everyone feels like we are a group, we are working towards one common goal. Yeah. Do you find that having a very clear company mission statement or almost like a story that everyone's following helps with keeping a team on the same track? Yeah, absolutely. You know, as I said, you know, we're always saying, does this make the founder experience better? Is this better for our founders? You know, if, if you don't have that ultimate vision that everybody can look up from, you know, whatever the depths of whatever they're working on and go, you know, use it as a barometer. Am I doing the right, you know, and also we're so busy, like, how do we prioritize? Well, we're going to prioritize over the thing that hits that, that mission versus the thing that maybe doesn't push that needle along as fast. So I think it's very, very important. And the best companies will have it very clear. They'll communicate it often. You know, they'll make sure that, that, it flows from what, you know, the most senior leaders are doing right down to everybody else. You know, that I think is really critical in making sure that the entire company feels connected around that greater purpose. Yeah. And to kind of extend into like from the company's purpose, would you say that and what along with that would be the building blocks to make an effective marketing strategy? Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, when you get mission, vision, values, it's got to flow into other things. You have to be able to translate it. We have a company mission, but I might have a separate marketing mission and the two obviously have to be connected. And so it's that trickle down effect, I'll say, right. To, To make sure that whatever that ultimate goal and vision is, or with the executive team, what their goals are, it's got to trickle down to everybody else and, and mission vision are, are the same way. All right. So I'd love to get into some of our rapid fire questions. Okay. So I can just go through my list and you can answer them as quickly, as long as you want to answer, but then we can just kind of move through them. Great. So what are your favorite books, apps, like podcasts? What are you listening, taking in right now? Oh my God, I knew you were going to ask me this question. And oh, I'm my sorry. Aunt, no, no, no. And you know what? And it took me a minute to say, you know, I've got to be okay with, with my answer. And my answer mm-hmm. is that I actually don't have time. I have four kids. (laughs) I have three dogs. I've got so much going on in my life that I haven't actually picked up any book since I think July. 
So as much as I wanted to have like, I was like, oh, I should, you know, come up with something. And I was like, you know what? Like, I need to put it out there. I need to normalize that it. it's okay. Not everybody is going to have time yeah. to, you know, be an expert and be reading up all of these cool things. And so I'm happy to take recommendations, but I can't promise you I'm going to actually have the time to to look at them. But I don't have any wisdom or or anything interesting to share. Oh, that is totally fine. Do you have anything that I mean, if you don't have time at all, that's totally fair. But do you have anything that's kind of more of like a guilty pleasure, like reality TV or like things you watch with your kids at oh, all? Yeah, I'm, I mean, right now I, I, I try and do things where I can either watch it with one of my kids so that, you know, I, I'm getting to spend that time or it's something that I can work out to in the morning. And I'm really loving, I'm on the, the last, I've got one more episode of the third season of You on Ooh. Netflix. <laughs> so that's been really Pretty fun. intense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That one, that's probably the one show that I've been able to watch consistently these days. Yeah. I'll have to check up on you when you finish it. We can discuss the finale. <laughs> so what trends are you seeing in marketing and other brands right now that you're interested in or inspired by? Oh, I'm really inspired by the, the brands that are breaking down barriers right? The ones that are making gender neutral kids clothing or toys, the ones that are exposing us to new cultures and, and craft makers and, you know, like getting us out of our bubbles into this larger perspective of what's in the world and, and what's important and, and new values, new traditions. Those are the things that I really sort of love seeing these days and that I would want to be a part of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's more of like even like a cultural shift versus just a marketing trend. Exactly. Yeah. It's very important. Yeah. <laughs> what is the biggest piece of advice you could give to brands and businesses today in marketing? It goes back to that customer experience. You know, adopt yeah. a customer experience methodology, do it in a very sort of fulsome and comprehensive way, which includes putting in the governance to make sure that you're updating your customer journey maps, your personas, you're adding to things, you're doing your voice of the customer research, you're actually applying it. It's not just sitting in somebody in a spreadsheet somewhere that you're really thoughtful about it because mm -hmm. this is really where I think brands are going to see much more success going forward and, and differentiation between who is and who isn't successful. Yeah, great. Just to touch a bit on your past experience, because myself in PR and my other PR people here are going to want to know, since you worked at larger media companies like Post Media, what do you think is the future of like journalism and media in Canada? Because it's already mm. changed so much in yeah. the past couple of years. You know, I, I think the future is around personalization. It's about using that data. There is so much content out there and nobody's got enough time. So, you know, that I think that the more you can bring to me what you know is going to be important to me because you've, mm -hmm. you've properly used your data and applied it to product in a way that can, you know, surface those stories for me, I will spend more, way more time with you than I would with somebody who's just giving me some random list of things that I don't really have time to read. So I think yeah. that that's really a very, very important piece of the future of journalism in Canada and, and around the world. Thank you. That's good insight for us. <laughs> mm -hmm. What do you think, just to kind of visit Clear Angel again, what makes for a successful e-commerce website? Do you have anything if you're shopping online? What is something that you look for? I look for really good filtering tools. I look for a relevant product offering, sort of a merchandising strategy, whether it's based on seasonality, whether it's based if you're able to, again, apply data and know what I, you know, what I bought or what I might be interested in. You know, anything that you can do to make my experience 
easier and more likely for me to find what it is that I'm looking for. That to me is really, I mean, as beautiful as a site may be, I'll, I'll take functionality over window dressing just because I still need to get in and out, even though I can lose myself, you know, through pages and pages of handbags or whatever that I'm looking for. The more I can hone in on what I'm trying to find, the better the experience will be. Why do you think e-commerce is thriving in our culture right now? I know we touched on it a little bit, but... I touched on it a tiny little bit, but I'll expand on it. I really think it's the access to a much larger breadth of product. So, you know, we're in Canada. We don't get all of these great brands that you get in the States or around the world in a bricks and mortar format. But now because of e-commerce, we can. And yeah, sure, we might have to pay duty and stuff on it, but it's just, it's that access. And that's why I think it continues to thrive. I mean, obviously outside of pandemic related behaviors, I think it's just, it's the quantity of items and the breadth of what those items are that are really like the the biggest drivers of of the success in e-commerce. Yeah, that makes total sense. And do you have any like favorite things to shop for? Like, are you more of a clothing gal or do you like more practical things or like electronics? Right now, most of what I buy is for my kids. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> new snowsuits and boots. I recently got married and I bought my wedding dress online. <laughs> and Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I, I sort of was able to find it on one site, then found it on another site in a different color. And then they directed me to an actual retailer who had it in stock. And, you know, it, and then I got it and it fit perfectly and, and it was great. But most of what I bought lately are winter boots, <laughs> furniture. I'm a huge fan of Wayfair. And again, the breadth and, and their ability to filter based because, you know, it's when you've got 8,000 rugs to choose from, you really need to be able to filter them down. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's too much. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think smaller e-commerce businesses should work with Clear Angel? People need help. And it's okay to say that you need help, right? I mean, we, we all need help. Everybody's got some type of imposter syndrome, you know, where we're just, you know, fake it till you make it sort of thing. But, I, you know, I think everybody, even if they've done this a couple of times, maybe they want to expand into a new market or a new product line. Maybe they want to go into wholesale when they've been direct to consumer. Like there's always opportunities And you always have to be thinking about how can you scale? What can you do next? What can you do differently? And, you know, working with Clear Angel just makes that whole process easier. You get that confidence. We have an incredible team of coaches who will understand your needs. They'll they'll curate resources and content and, and help you set goals and OKRs, which are objectives and key results, a way of sort of accomplishing tasks to make sure that you're following through on the things that you're trying to do, whether it's understanding how to improve your SEO or setting up an influencer strategy or understanding buyers at these big Whole Foods or shoppers or, or Whole Run Food, like how, how do they buy? What's important to them? Like whatever that insight is that you need, you've got somebody who's, you know, your dedicated coach to help you figure that out. Plus you can get access to this funding. And, and, and I think that there's just so much there around gaining the confidence you need to grow and continue to scale. And I think everybody can can benefit from that. Mm-hmm. I want to visit a little bit because you said influencer strategy and I, I love that. Do you get excited by that as well? Or like how that has grown so much in the past couple of years and working with e-commerce businesses together is kind yeah. of key. <laughs> you know what? Even when I was at Cineplex, we actually developed a really sophisticated social media strategy at Cineplex. We had a, an agency partner and, and a woman named Rebecca Brown, who's amazing. And, and we put together this great strategy 
and it included influencers. And, you know, even though this was a few years ago, there was so much we were able to do to leverage data to understand who were the right influencers. So you could find a bunch of people who you think make sense for you, but if they don't actually connect with your target audience, just because they might be in the same industry, if they're not speaking in the same tone that is relevant for your brand, right? If their follow throughs in there, like there's so much, it's not just about finding influencers who will say your product is great. It's about making sure that they're saying it to people who are actually going to buy it and come back and yeah. buy it again. Yeah. Like who's, who's actually listening and how much resonance do they have? Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And to wrap this up, anything new coming up for Clear Angel or anything you want businesses to know so that no stone is left <laughs> unturned, basically? <laughs> I think if you internalize that customer experience, you'll know what the right thing is to do. And you can use it, you know, as I said, as your guiding light or your barometer to prioritize. Mm -hmm. Prioritization is one of the biggest challenges, I think, in any company. And to be able to work as efficiently and effectively as possible, you have to know why you're doing what you're doing, how it's going to matter and what you ultimately need it to change as far as your consumer behavior, or your product experience. And, you know, as long as you can sort of develop the right process for you that's going to get you on that journey and help you prioritize to make those decisions, I think that, you know, that will be really critical on the operational side of your success. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very insightful. Well, not so I'm sexy and fun, thankful. but but, yeah. but really important. <laughs> no, I think it's great. I mean, I feel like I've learned a lot just in the past 30 minutes. So thank you so much. Thank um, you. I really appreciate you being so gracious with my first time hosting. Oh, I didn't know. Oh my gosh. Honestly, I'm honored to have been your first guest and you have done an incredible job. And I love your sweater and how it matches with the background. So thank you. Very colorful <laughs> yeah, today. Very colorful, which awesome. I love. It's really been wonderful being here. Thank you so much, Annabelle. Yeah, thank you so much. You were the perfect, perfect, perfect first guest <laughs> I could have had. And you've been lovely to have on the show. Thank you. It's been lovely to be here. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded in the Jelly Marketing Studio thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editors Travis Jeffers and The Podfather. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Swimsuit, check. Sunscreen, check. Phone charger, check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.